was kind of a disappointing night to a really fun day in Phoenix. Phoenix Suns close out the All-Star break for all NBA teams. All NBA teams are now on All-Star break. The final game of the NBA schedule, a very late game with an even later start against the Los Angeles Clippers, ultimately lose that game. And Matthew, they drop from the fourth seed to the fifth seed with that loss to the Clippers. Yeah, you know, I think they were a little excited about the All-Star break coming up, right? It seemed like a little bit, kind of. It just seemed like a game they were never going to win. It just one of those games. It it felt like it did. It did. It felt like the Clippers were a team that couldn't miss from three, attacked the cylinder consistently, and was getting to the free throw line. And just everything was kind of working in their favor. Whereas the Phoenix Suns have multiple new assets who are part of this team who just need some time to play together. You know, obviously the Clippers are a team that have new assets as well, but they've played a few more games together. And I feel like they had a little bit more of an identity. And it just felt it felt like right off the bat when the Suns went like oh for seven to start, you're like, oh cool, one of these games, cool. Yeah, well, when you have Kevin Durant who's here, and here. we this just haven't confirmed. seen him on the court yet, it's it's a weird situation as a fan because right now it's like you're kind of upset you lost, but then you're like, well, we have KD coming, but it's like, oh, you only have 23 games or 22 games left. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, do we have enough time? So a lot going through our head right now, a lot of work to do. A lot team. of work. Amen. A lot of work to do. A lot of a lot of thoughts on this game and thoughts of the state of the Suns as we enter this all-star break that we're going to cover on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you happen to be joining us live after the game, thanks for staying up late, especially if you're in Arizona or if you're in Iowa or if you're in uh, oh, New yeah, York, Iowa. if you're in Scotland, you know, if you're in Paris, wherever you're at. Thanks for watching this live. If you're watching later, hey, good for you. You got to to sleep in a little bit. And if you're (laughs) listening, thanks for listening. Please head to over to Apple Podcasts, especially seeing that this is the last podcast until next week. You you got some free time on your hands. Head over to Apple Podcasts. You're kind of bored. You're like, you know what? I kind of wish to miss the Suns Jam Session podcast. Yeah, find a hobby. Make that hobby be giving us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. How about that? (laughs) Sounds like a good idea. I love it. It's a great deal, man. I love it, man. (laughs) So let's talk about this game. Let's talk about about some things going on in the NBA. Let's obviously talk about Kevin Durant on on the pod. Pop him if you got him. I've got some all-star, all-star. Every time I'm talking, you got these little fucking comments. They're great. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just (laughs) switching up, right? Switching up. Pop him. It's like a wrap. Follow me, Darth Void. Follow him, Matthew. Follow us on Jam. seven loss to the Los Angeles Clippers tonight. And again, as we mentioned, you know, Western conference battle beat the Kings on Tuesday, lose to the Clippers today, drop to the fifth seed. But it brings me to my first question for you, Matthew. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. <laughs> is Josh Kogi the starting three? Man? Oh my god! Like last I'm podcast, going there again. Yeah, last podcast I tried to make you know my whole my whole spiel my spiel for Tory Craig. Keep him in there. Have Okogi come off the bench and be a scorer. And fuck that. Whatever I was talking about, I was high last last time on the pod. I had mm-hmm. to have been because Okogi is a starter. This guy's insane. Like whether he's coming off the bench or not, he has to he has to be a starter because. He has that energy, man. He's going to play like a ton of minutes too. And he's cool with it. He does everything you want, man. I mean, what do you, this guy just, he blows my mind every game, every game. He does something else. He's really been playing well recently. And you take a look at how he, he was, was playing defense on Paul George. And now granted, I, I know that Paul George ended this game nine of 19 from the field. 4 of 11 from beyond the arc, had 26 points. Both he and Terrence Mann had 26 points. But he was really playing some solid defense. Uh, He was scoring at a very high clip. He ended up being the high score for the Phoenix Suns tonight 
9 of 16 from the field. He was 6 of 12 from beyond the arc. 24 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 steals, 41 minutes played. I guess my secondary question, Matthew, who needs Mikhail Bridges, man? We got Josh Akogi. Like, he's <laughs> yeah, I guess the new Bridges. I mean, he's open from He's not three. as memeable, but... No, he's, he's definitely not. He's very quiet. He's very silent. He's like a ninja out there, man. Trap doors everywhere on the floor. He just pops up and steals the Ooh. ball. He can defend pretty much anyone out there. I mean, he was giving um, Bones, like, uh, you know, a real softy out there the whole night. He was making sure that guy was just flaccid <laughs> all night long, man, because he didn't have a chance against him. Kogi does that. And we were talking about with, with matchups. I think everyone's talking about, you know, start Craig some situations, start Kogi. Yes. I guess you could. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but this guy's earned it. He has. It's going to be interesting to see what the Suns do moving forward. Because it, like I said, when I made the case for him in our last podcast, he plays bigger than what he is. And the reason that he's 6 of 12 from beyond the arc is because he is the least offensive threat out there. And when KD arrives, that's going to be even less. So he's going to get yeah. wide open shots. The fact that he's making them, is abs- an absolute bonus, and he shot 38% from beyond the arc in college. It's only in his first four years playing with the Minnesota Timberwolves that he didn't necessarily shoot very well from three, nor did he really shoot a ton of threes. So as this team progresses to try to identify its identity, and Matthew, you, you nailed it. There's, what, 22 games left? It's hard to yeah. develop an identity in 22 games. That's the back end of this entire situation, and and what we saw tonight was a lot of new faces out there and people not necessarily knowing their defensive assignments, TJ Warren being a little tentative, Terrence Ross yeah. not being tentative. You know, we still haven't seen Darius Baisley, but it's almost like we have, it, we're right before the all-star break and this team that we've grown to know and love and accept uh, for who and what they are is completely different following this trade deadline. And that's what happens. And again, like I said, the Clippers, I feel, with their acquisition of Mason Plumley and Eric Gordon, which Great. really filled, yeah, really filled a couple Great of needs up. for him. Oh my god, uh, Plumley's huge, man. He's like, been he, so good this year. And yeah, when they got him. I was like, I even talked about him being a backup to to uh, Da. I thought it would have been fucking awesome, but well, you see the advantage that they have there because you saw the other side of the ball. Jock Landell came and played in that first half, yeah, and he he got played right off the court, man. He played four minutes, uh, two points. He, he just, I mean, he was getting out rebounded at will by by Plumley, and that's going to be one of those things that we continue to monitor as we head towards this postseason because because of his lack of effectiveness, it was a lot of Bismack Biombo. He had twelve minutes played. And you'd rather have Busy out there. He's more of a defensive presence, but you know you get nothing on offense when he comes in. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I love Jock. I love our backup bigs. But ever since then, Jock's been really bad. And I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, right, after I made that comment of like, oh, I love our bigs. You know, then like the next pot, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if um, Josh, or not Josh, Chicago, that would have sucked. Jock oh. Landale was just, you know, off the team. Like he just was dropped. Um he's just he's bad everywhere right now. He um he can't defend at all. Guys are pushing him around like crazy. If he does get a rebound offensively or anything, it takes him so long to get anywhere with the yeah. ball. It's just getting swatted out. He's being outmanned um by the backup bigs. It's hard to watch. Um he even has that 3-2 where we hate it. He just he jack he didn't tonight. But those games where he's wide for they'll even wide up for 3 because He's terrible at it. Like, and I love I love Jock. When he started this year, I loved his game. I was like, oh, we got a nice backup big full of energy. Now it's a lot of energy, but he just isn't the same guy. I don't know if, if defenses just know what to do with him, but like he's just outmanned every game by these backup bigs. And it's hard to watch because I like the guy a lot. I just don't know. I feel like he's the guy that's gonna be dropped, dude. I mean, well, if we they, some they other won't. Guy, well, yeah, maybe they will drop him. I don't know if there's that much of a cap hit. I don't see him playing a lot of minutes anymore, man. It's been really bad. Well, and don't get me wrong. Like, he's not designed to play a lot of minutes in the postseason, right? No. He's designed to come in and be what he what, what I like about him and what a, the, the majority of the fan base has liked about him since we saw him play in the preseason. I've mentioned it before. Like Jock or like Josh Akogi, 
he is a fuck shit up guy. He is an energy guy. He is a hustle guy. Yeah. And unfortunately, tonight his hustle was matched with physicality that he could just not overcome. And there's going to be certain situations where that might be beneficial for the Suns. We've seen Monty Williams do that during the season, right? Where DeAndre Ayton gets the start, obviously. Busy will play as the backup. And then, like, the first four minutes of the fourth quarter, Jock comes in like a hurricane. And the opposition doesn't know what happened because all of a sudden, they've been getting this, like, left jab from Busy all game long. And all of a sudden, you got Mm -hmm. this guy who come in and he's just, like, blindly just throwing fists at you. And that's what Jock Landell can be for this team. And I can understand and respect that. And I know that when it comes to the playoffs, obviously a lot of different things are going to happen relative to rotations. But when you look at our big rotation, you get a little bit worried. And, and I find myself, and, and we'll talk about this at the back end of the pod when we, we hit, the, hit the Our Thoughts segment. But when we look at the buyout market, we start to ask that question, right? Like, do we really need a backup point guard? Or do we need one more really solid big who can move people off their spots, right? Because we still have Landry Shamit. We still have Cameron Payne waiting in the wings. Good, bad, or indifferent, Suns fans. You know what? We've liked them at times, especially campaign. And they're productive players who, who are already a part of the system to where a lot of things aren't foreign to them. And that's what I've really felt tonight. When the second team came in, it was foreign, not only to us as trying to evaluate who this team is, but it's foreign to those players learning to play together. And if we don't have that depth at the five, if we run into the Clippers in the playoffs, if we run into the the Denver Nuggets who bolster their five by getting Thomas Bryant from the Lakers, we could be overmatched on the interior. And it's like, tell me if you've seen that movie before. Yeah, I mean, we don't want that again, um, and it might take some time. I mean, Jock, at times now this year, he's looked like a, a Sarich, where if it doesn't go his way right away, where he doesn't get the bounce, he doesn't get like the and one to really start off his night, then mm-hmm. it's kind of a bad night for him. Like, he just kind of gets his own head. I mean, he does talk about sometimes, you know, he is more unathletic un- than these other guys out there, and it's harder for him. But the thing is, like, he plays so hard that, he just, I know the trade deadline passed and they're not going to trade him, obviously. So that's they can out buy the him out, right? They can, they can, I mean, it doesn't matter. They can buy, buy him, him out. out. He's, he's got they, like a million dollars. Kevin contract. Love's out there. Goran Drakic is out there. The way Ish is playing right now, too. You don't even know if Ish is going to be there because now he's not really getting any well, minutes. This was his game, last game. Bad. This was yeah. Ish's last game. On I know. The and contract. it doesn't look good, right? It's, it's no. the one thing we talked about last podcast. It's like Ish, you know, you got to make those threes when you're open. That's what EJ says. Yeah. Easier yes. said than done, dude. This guy knows. It's like, you can tell these guys kind of know, like, okay, my time's up. You know what I mean? They can't yes. do anything else. And that's what sucks about the NBA, man. Limited time. You have to show yourself. Ish was that guy for a while. And now it's just like, well, who else is out there? Let's get our 10th new man on this team and try to teach them how to play together within 22 games, win a championship. That way we don't feel bad for trading Mikael Bridges. <laughs> well, and does it feel like, do you think that the players feel that? They're like, oh shit, the tides, the times they are changing. Kevin Durant has a press conference today. I'm throwing the ball over here to TJ Warren. Who's that? And uh, Terrence know. Ross, you know, like yeah. high five Darius. Like Ish Wainwright's got to know that his time is numbered. Jock Landell might know that his time is numbered. I don't know if that's actually true because again, unless you have something lined up and there's a quality big out there that you want to bring in, in his stead, mm-hmm. you, you don't do it. But what Monty's going to do. And we know it. And while we'll, we'll lead off eight and watch with this. What Monty Williams is going to do in the postseason is ride DeAndre Ayton. He's going to ride him to the tune of close to 40 minutes a game. I can guarantee it because he can. Because this kid's young, he's athletic, he can he can play he, quality minutes for this team. And what you're going to do is those other you know, eight minutes, eight to 12 minutes, they're going to try to piece together with a combination of Bismack Biombo and Jock Landell. And what you hope is that the opposition doesn't have the ability to just punish you consistently on the interior, that you have other fringe players like Tory Craig, like uh, Josh Kogi, if he's not if he's not starting, you know, other guys who can pick up the offensive scoring output and cover them up essentially on offense because they're not offensive players. Yeah, I, I love how you brought that at the minutes. Michael Kolb does say, why didn't he ride D8 tonight? So I think 
Starting after the all-star break, like Devin Booker's minutes needs to go up. Obviously, they will start playing 30 to 40. DA has to soon. That way he gets ready for the playoffs. He can get used to it because he's gonna be winning. He's gonna be tired. Yeah. There's a lot of times in the late in the game where he's not in yet. I'm like, I wish he was in just because they're getting destroyed down there. But tonight, like DA was kind of just off. He was ready for the all-star break. He wasn't hustling, he wasn't playing his game tonight. Um, but when he is and when he's there defensively. If he can be, he needs to get those minutes, um, a lot of reps, especially with his team. And he needs to know, man, they're going to have to count on him a lot. I know everyone's saying it's going to be easy. We keep saying that. But defensively, he has to pick it up. Offensively, he always just has to make sure that he is ready, hands up, right, right, with all these guys that are going to be on the squad after the All-Star break. So when that happens, the more minutes, the better. It's going to suck for him. He's going to be tired, but he has to have it because he has to build that kind of callus going to the playoffs where it's not going to bother him. He has never been hurt long-term. Uh, his game is very finesse. It's very pretty. I'm sure KD mm-hmm. says it's a pretty game. It is, so he should be able to play those minutes, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to that because we need more of him because our bigs aren't looking too good right now. And everyone says, calm down in the chat. You calm the fuck down. Just kidding. <laughs> this is me calm. This is uh, me eight, calm. Yeah. <laughs> 18 points for DeAndre Ayton tonight in 32 minutes played. He was 8 of 13 from the field. Had six rebounds, all on def- all on the defensive end. He didn't snag one offensive rebound in this game. And what I noticed primarily from DeAndre Ayton tonight is he was screening a lot in this game. I don't feel like he was necessarily trying to get post position, although he did a few times. The Clippers are a very switchable team, and he would find himself with Terrence Mann on him, and the, the Suns just couldn't get him the ball. I mean, like three or four times, he'd have a good quality seal off, and they'd see it like three seconds too late. They're like, oh, yeah. shit, DA's yeah. open. But I saw him just running a ton of screens. It'd be interesting to look at the advanced statistics after this game and see how many actual screens he had because he was left and right. And what I noticed was he was really leaning into those screens with his ass, which is not something he necessarily does a ton of. It's like it almost took Dario leaving to realize that DA has a butt because all of a sudden <laughs> he was he yeah. was doing the kind of the uh, uh, Jokic does it all the time. Mm-hmm. He did. And, and Embiid does it. It's that leaned into you with my ass as you're going by me thing. And I was like, OK, that's a nice new wrinkle. And I think that that's what they were focusing on tonight. The, the beginning of this game as the Phoenix Suns had an abysmal first quarter was really them not running a bunch of plays, in my personal opinion. You know, the first quarter alone, the team was 8 of 25 from the field. They were 32%, 2 of 8 from beyond the arc. They were down 28 to 23, but, man, it felt like they were down 28 to 10, If you know the way that they were shooting. They got to the free throw line. They were 5 for 5, and that kind of helped. But I don't feel like... I do feel like Monty Williams goes, you know what? This is a team we might play in the playoffs. So we're not going to throw a bunch of stuff out there on film. We're just going to run some high screen and roll actions, which they did a ton of with DA and just kind of try to figure it out from there. And I'm okay with that. Again, I'm this game. I'm not taking too much from this game. I'm just, again, I'm more in the, like I'm, I'm shifted slightly into that worried zone just because there are a lot of new pieces in there and i'm just scared that monty doesn't know how to manage that correctly and i'm afraid that moving forward as we try to create some semblance of chemistry that he's just gonna play guys too long too hard and not have the right rotations and the phoenix suns ultimately don't get into a a good playoff seating that's kind of where i'm at yeah isn't it crazy like last year this team was just gelling so well i mean everything looked great obviously losing the playoffs but you had like the best rotations out there that you can ask for during the season now it's like you got to cram um, within the 22 games. You have to figure out these lineups. There might be games where TJ doesn't play. There might be games where, no, I, I think that Terrence Ross is pretty awesome. Uh, I think he's going to be playing a lot. He is someone just say he is a better Shamit. Um, he is because he just shoots. Should we, should we talk about Ross? Let's do it. What's the matter, dog? You with Harris? This guy's a gangster. His real name is Terrence. Terrence. He's a homie called Terrence. Terrence. Terrence have a real good marriage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's Terrence. your favorite movie, right? <laughs> Eight Mile. I love. Is that, that on the Walk of Fame or whatever? <laughs> Eight Mile. Yeah, I, I love that movie. I remember seeing that feeling so cool walking to school with my Walkman and dude. I saw that CD movie in the theater, and then I went. I bought like a little tape recorder, and then I taped all the Eminem rap scenes 
so I could listen oh, to okay. them okay. over and over again because they didn't have it like on uh, uh, Spotify. You know, they didn't release yeah. the album on Spotify. You know, so he's like, <laughs> so there you go, Terrence. Good man, love it. Uh, but but I'm telling you, Terrence Ross looked fantastic in this game, and that is one bright spot that we'll take away from this. He ends with a a total in 25 minutes played of 16 points. He was seven of 17. He he tied for Devin Booker with the most most shots taken in this game. They both had 17. He was one of eight from beyond the arc, but 16 points, four assists, four rebounds. And that's what we kind of knew coming into this game, that Terrence Ross is going to be a, a microwave. He's going to be a shooter. He's going to bring that, that guy who we always want Landry Shamit to be. Like Landry, we want him to shoot a bunch. But he just he he shies away from it. His confidence wavers. Terrence Ross has like that. I don't give a shit, you know, shot mentality. Yeah. Right? He's just going to continue to shoot, and I and I like that. I like to see that come in. I like that Monty Williams put him in and allowed him to play twenty five minutes off the bench tonight because I thought he looked really really good. He looked awesome, man. I think he got his one pass out of the way early in the game when he got the little pick and roll going with DA. It looked really yeah. fucking good. And after that, he's like, all right, I'm never passing again because he never passes, but I don't care. I mean, when he TJ got pass. here, that I is going to drive us crazy. Yeah, I know he doesn't. But if he's shooting and he's shooting well, it's fine. Um, that's the thing is Monty needs to know when it's not going good. Like, all right, get him out. TJ's that way too. He, he'll pass the ball maybe too much right now. He does see, seem a little hesitant. But – I mean, he's going to get off his shots as well, just like Terrence Ross. But Ross is just, he's longer. He can get easier shots, easier looks at the basket. Um, he's a, definitely, he's a weapon. He's a hes yes. a guy that's going to come in when we have a, like a little nice lead and he's going to extend it for us. But that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, some of the shots are pretty bad, but the one thing is like he just doesn't pass it. And if he can, you know, kind of move the ball around with that second unit, it'd be nice because there's some other guys out there I like too. Yeah, that was kind of the book on him coming in, right, was he is a black hole on offense. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the first play for Terrence Ross is he comes down the court. He has a beautiful dish bounce pass to D.A. for an easy bucket. Right. Oh, okay, everyone's full of shit. They don't know what they're talking. And then he just never passed the rest of the game. And it'll be interesting to see how that develops moving forward for this team, because to your point, Due to his size and his his athleticism and his experience, he's somebody who knows where to be on the court. But without a true facilitator out there, I, he was bringing the ball up. Yeah, I mean that's a, another plus for Terrence Ross, another guy who can bring the ball up, but just doesn't pass it. So when Cameron Payne returns and has the ability to navigate this offense, Terrence Ross can be that guy who's standing on the three point line and just starts stroking it and catches fire. And like you said, becomes that microwave that can carry us when we have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on the that's crazy to say. And Kevin Durant sitting on the on the bench. Right. That's that's what the expectation is for him. So my my expectation over these next 22 games for the Phoenix Suns is for them to start to go to the lab, see how they can utilize him as a weapon a little bit better and have him be one of those offensive threats on the off on uh, uh for the second team unit who can play a little bit of defense right like he's not a great defender but he's a long defender and that's what you're going to need in these highly switchable matchups that you're going to be playing come playoff time yeah when you just need a bucket he's perfect i mean that's the thing with the second unit everyone's been talking about who's going to score defense yeah it's fine whatever we really just need scores i know defense is nice but i would rather just have a guy that knows how to score now knows how to get his shot and is confident in doing it. We're not going to be so frustrated with the dude. We might be because he's not passing, or maybe because it's a bad-looking shot, maybe. But I'd rather him just keep jacking it up, you know, just keep yeah. going and seeing if he can get hot. And again, I know that that we like. I, I want to snip that right there, Matthew, because there's going to be a game where he goes like one for nine, and you're like, stop fucking shooting, and I just like play that. You're yeah, like, I just want to keep shooting. Well, that's always happens. Just keep dude. shooting. You know, it's like <laughs> the Jay Crowder yeah. effect, right? The Jay exactly. Crowder. Exactly. Yeah, we're not going to win a championship. <laughs> no. Big Dick Booker. Rough game tonight, I would say. 19 oh, yeah. points on 17 shots. He was 6 of 17 from the field, 1 of 6 from beyond the arc. Had 9 assists in this game, had 3 rebounds, 4 turnovers, and a block for D-Book. What'd you see 
from medium sized Dick Booker tonight. Yeah, it was definitely medium. Um, the small size of dildo out there. I don't even, I, I think he was, uh, he was just off. I mean, there wasn't really a game to him tonight, right? It was like in moments at the end of the game where you're just like, come on, let's get some shots off. He was getting to the rim, but it just didn't look like book, you know? And, and I know he's getting back into things. His minutes will go up. He's still coming out like five minutes left in the first and third, which is nice. Um, I think he'll ramp that up after the all-star break. I just get worried about him being hurt and stuff. When he has games like this, I know he's just getting back into it because last game he looked awesome. But then all of a sudden, like, I always, it creeps into my mind. I'm like, please just don't be hurt or something. You know what I mean? Because he just looks different. Tonight he looked, he wasn't badass like he usually is. Um, but it's just, I think it's just weird for him to be playing these games with all these new dudes. I think it's in the back of his mind. Like, he can't really be comfortable right now. And maybe he's just thinking, like, well, Katie's coming back against the Thunder on the Friday after the, uh, the all-star break. So why really just, you know, get into a groove here? I don't know. I'm trying to think of things that make me feel better, but it just wasn't a great game by him. Well, I mean, how much do you credit the Clippers in this one? Cause I give the Clippers. Oh, all the time, dude. I, I, I really weird. think I we do play another team. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think their defense was really, oh my God, you know, yeah. this is a, this is a long physical defense that's switchable. And that's where Devin Booker thrives is coming off a screen, getting to a spot, rising above the defender and hitting it. And I mean, Eric Gordon, you saw he's a girthy little bowling ball out there. And yeah. He, was, he yeah. was in that that ending, you know, their their final rotation for Ty Lu, And he was pushing Booker around a little bit. He was knocking him off. As he'd come around a screen. Booker would come around a screen. And Gordon would just knock him off just a bit to where he was just out of rhythm. I felt like that's the best way to describe Devin Booker tonight. He was just out of rhythm tonight. Now, that could be for some of the reasons that you stated. And it could be because the Clippers are a tough defensive team. You have Paul George there. You have Kawhi Leonard there. Eric Gordon can be a tough matchup for Devin Booker and has been so in the past. You have a switchable team. So I think it's a combination of all of the above. Again, I don't take too much stock in this game. I don't take too much. I'm not too worried with Devin Booker because the shot's looking good. He's in there. Monty Williams ended up playing him a total of what? 20, 30, well, 34 minutes tonight. You know, so, I mean, he got, he, this, this is his first game of actually getting, you know, not his, his regular rotations back because he normally plays the entire first quarter. You know, the way that Monty Williams decided to sub him tonight is in the first quarter, he's like, all right, book, go out there. Uh, I just need eight minutes from you. In the second quarter, seven minutes from him. In the third quarter, he got seven minutes from him. And then in that fourth quarter, he, Devin Booker played the whole fourth. So that's the first time since Devin Booker's returned from his injury that he has played an entire quarter. And again, so I think there is some of that fatigue factor, some of that mental fatigue factor, as you mentioned, playing with some new teammates and seeing how they're being spaced out on the court. And then credit the Clippers. I think the Clippers did a really good job on him tonight. And that's something that there's some good film on tape, uh, some good film on film. I guess you would say good, some good plays on tape that for the for the Suns to analyze if and when they have to play the Clippers in the playoffs, because the Clippers did focus in on Devin Booker. I mean, they were blitzing him right off the bat, right? Right off the bat, he's getting double teamed. And every time I saw one of those double teams, you know what the first thing I thought, Matthew? Play what? You got something for it? I I don't have a I don't have a oh. thought. <laughs> first <laughs> thing I think thought, of? yeah. I just said I I can't help but watch these traps and think that that's not going to be a thing for much longer. Like teams aren't going to be doing oh, that to yeah. Devin Booker okay. anymore. That's the you first had like thing your arm extended out. So no, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm just I'm looking at statistics and stuff while I that's talk. that's exactly what I was thinking too. Like it's not going to be for a while. But um, the thing is, like the the Clippers, they always play the Suns tough. Their defense though tonight was really like even to start the game, it was ISO or nothing for the Suns. The Suns were yes. playing ISO, but then they would actually kind of get good looks early, but they would miss it. Um, so that, I think that was their chance to really stay within the game. I know it was tied. At halftime, it was around that. But yeah. starting off the game that slow, I think it really hurt the Suns. But the way the Clippers play, you all man-to-man, and then you try to make the pass, and they're still so long in the lane, just tipping the ball everywhere. It's hard. You saw possessions back-to-back where, like, Chris Paul's having a hard time passing the ball across maybe 10 to 15 feet. You know what I mean? Just across the lane, and they were tipping it out of bounds. So I think a shit game from Chris Paul where, you know, last game this whole offense was just flowing so nice. Like anybody could have been, you know, putting up 40 points last game. 
And mm-hmm. the guy was just kind of really rocky. It was nothing like last game. That's why DA was so good last game. That's why Booker got back into things because everyone was cruising, man. I mean, it was the Kings, but that team was like moving the ball around. Chris Paul, the 19 assists. Oh, yeah. Night. How disappointing. So it, it's well, just. And, and again, the Clippers are a team that I think they, they play well when they're ahead. Right? Like they. They do hit the three ball and they attack the interior. They had 27 free throws tonight and they hit 25 of them, right? Like the Suns, yeah. they ended with a total of 16 free throws and they only hit 12 of them. So right there, the Suns are negative 13 from the line. And that's because the, the Clippers, due to their length, due to their size, due to their physicality and due to Terrence Mann turning into Reggie Miller and Ray Allen's illegitimate child from beyond the arc in this game, those kind of things happen. Yeah. And again, I don't take too much worry into those. What I do worry about is DraftKings ads. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, All new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parley every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parley on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Hey, go and take the Suns to win the NBA championship and win the Western Conference Finals. Got to get good odds on, on that. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Night. Past Michael Jordan. Or I think he tied him. He tied Michael Jordan for steals in the NBA. Uh, Kudos to you, man. That's impressive. But 33 minutes played. He was only two of eight from the field. Five points, 11 assists, four steals for the point guard. And again, I just felt like he was out of sorts. The whole team just felt out of sorts. I just, I think we're all, we're all buzzing after the KD press conference today. And everyone's just like, oh shit, there's a basketball game. And he kind of, uh, he kind of embodied that. He'll, yeah. Very selfish point, of him to actually have that before the game. You know, <laughs> I'm just joking. He's like, seems like the most, like least selfish guy out there for sure <laughs> anything you've noticed from the point guard point guard tonight no you you can just tell you know you have such a good game last game from him uh unbelievable stats and then you come into this game he's gonna have like the back-to-back games where one really good the next one not too good it's still gonna be decent he can't shoot it always seems like he can't shoot the next game but maybe one out of three games he'll give you those shots um that's one thing like going forward when you have kevin durant come in here I like the the fact that if KD and Book can say like 24, 25 shots a game, and then you can have DA come in second with whatever, and then Chris Paul just falls it down to maybe six or seven shots per game. Yeah, that's ideal. I know he's gonna have the games where he has to shoot, maybe, but I mean, they're talking about who are you gonna switch on, like who who are you gonna double on this team, right? It might be you know Chris Paul's open a lot, then he shoots right off those doubles, but until then, I mean, you're gonna have these games, and I think it's gonna be sooner than rather than later. I don't disagree. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, so there I was hanging out and oh, you're lazy off. too. Going all star break, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling an eight in right now. I'm just like, you know what? I just yeah, uh, whatever. I was gonna whatever. So I was hanging out in the subreddit for the Clippers. Not a popular place. Not a lot of people hanging out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, one person said fuck phoenix and somebody responded fuck russ and somebody said fuck russ and phoenix <laughs> and that was kind of a sentiment at the, at the at the front end you know the the russell westbrook is oh being, yeah you know, that talk with the clippers is something that's being discussed much akin to our fan base and it sounds like some of their redditors just aren't a fan don't want Russell Westbrook out there. Much akin, much akin to kind it's of our, our uh, TNT really got to show a clip of the one basket the Suns scored going into the commercial instead of any Clippers baskets. Shake my head. 
so biased. Media hates us. I oh thought the media God. hated us. It's always, you know. How can they? You're not showing enough of me. You're not. We're not getting the respect. You know what? The Suns got Kevin Durant. No one gives a fuck, right? But I like it that way. <laughs> Except for ten thousand people today. Other thing, three thousand. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is a glorified Roy Hibbert. Ouch. That's I, he's not that. I always thought Roy Hibbert was going to be good. He was great at Georgetown, and then he came in. And it's like the season that George Hibbert came into the NBA, the NBA changed. Like seven seconds or less, just changed everything, and he just sucked. He was so good that one playoff series. Remember? Yes. Like the next year, he was nothing. Just nothing. He Who knows? He was unstoppable. Even... He was like the MVP that in the playoff run they he had. Was, he was just huge. And then like everyone's like, "Nah, we shoot." And he's like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> uh, sometimes PG has the brain of a newborn pig. Don't Man, know. they were dogging PG in this dumb really? decision making, black hole on offense. Can't read the room every time the team is playing well he's got to play hero ball and shoot a deep three and i mean they were just they were dogging him uh leonard initially had what zero points at halftime is that right yeah and then he ended with how many 16 so he had 16 points in the second half so this person said this before the half uh taking his all-star break early and I'm like, I snipped that comment, and I'm like, I bet you he starts to score. They scored like 11 in the third. I'm like, that's what I get for snipping yep. the comment. My bad. Yep. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I mean, swear the Suns role players were some hot ass. Now they're playing like it's win or go home. <laughs> uh, they tried to value up us again. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, yeah. Uh, Terrence Ross must see a Clippers jersey in front of him and think he's prime Jordan for some reason. And then, new team. yeah, it's yeah. You know, Terrence, Terrence Ross is not going to shoot. I guarantee you, Terrence Ross doesn't shoot seventeen shots in a game for the rest of the season. No, nope. I guarantee you that chance. Not more than ten, probably. It's literally like T.J. Warren was out there, and he was hanging out, and he's looking around, and Terrence Ross keeps shooting the ball, and he's like, "Come on, man, what about me? <sighs> what about me?" He's like, "I'm I'm T.J. fucking Warren out here." He's like, "You got to give me some love," and he's like, "I'm Terrence Ross." I'm going to keep shooting it. You just got to deal with it. And, and then TJ was just like, but I got to drop. TJ, War Machine. He's like, they're not going to play it on the Suns Jam Session unless you give me the ball. And he only ended up playing like eight minutes. Uh, and then they were just going on a a love of Mason Plumlee. They call him Plum God, Plum, Plum Dog Millionaire. Plumlee is the second superstar next to Kawhi, only guy who wants to win. They were they're 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 they fanboying over Mason. Hey, I love them too before they got him. He was fucking awesome. Yeah, was, well we I mean we just saw him a couple weeks ago when we played the Hornets and we're like, oh damn, like that guy's he's he's a force down low. So that's what I got for the subreddit staking. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. You got anything else in your notes before we hand out some jam star and talk about other things? You know what? I might have had something. Oh, I forgot TJ was on the team until he had that great rebound and put back. I'm like, oh, yeah, TJ. Yay. That's when it got to the point where I'm like, oh, look at this team. Look at this bench. It's going to be awesome. And then Ross just hogged the ball the rest of the game. Um, <laughs> that's about it, really. I mean, we went over everything, just but it's all useless now. So it's all over with. Move on to the next one. On to the next one. I'm trying to think if I, I said D creating O. Uh, this is where the second team will make their presence known, and that's a Kogi. And he's actually was part of the first team, but like, that was a fun sequence where it was like we made a basket. Damian Lee stole the ball. We made another basket. Timeout. Then we stole the ball again. And then yeah, Josh we Kogi came hit a back. Three. I'm like, wait, is this a replay? Yeah, I literally <laughs> came back. Crazy. I was like, whoa, hold on. Did that yeah. just happen again? That, that, was, that awesome. was the funnest. And that was the the apex of the game in the second quarter. Everything was downhill from there. So uh, if you didn't watch it, there's there's the recap. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your Jam Star of the Game is. Give us a thumbs up on the YouTube. And if you're listening, uh, text it to somebody. Just text whoever you think the Jam Star is. Throw a random text and just see what they say. And they go, what the fuck was that? You're like, dude, Jam Star of the Game. Like, get with it. Like, at least it wasn't a dick pic. Yeah. Like, it, well, well, do both. Do Send both. a Jam Star with a dick pic. And then, <laughs> 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 you're, Chris Paul, and then just a 
what the hell was that? Um, who do you have, Matthew? Oh, I got the Josh Kogi guy. That guy was amazing tonight. Yeah, he's gonna L- win us a championship. L- Low Suns agree. So does Michael Cobb uh, or Cobb. Uh, a Kogi from Kota Kig. Carson Fisher gives it to a Kogi. Fabio gives it to a Kogi. Kobe, uh, Kobe, <laughs> who doesn't give it to a Kogi, gives it to Ross. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a Kogi, man. I just I continue. Yeah, it, it's crazy been. though that we're sitting here and it's like multiple games where like, yeah, Josh Kogi, jam star. Is that a bad sign for the Suns? No, because like we all keep saying, KD's coming. So then it, it's better that he does this now. That way we know who's our starter when he comes back. Okay, okay. I just I like it. I'd be I'd love for Aiton to be the, the jam star tonight. We won, but <laughs> oh well, what are you gonna do? Let's talk about some our thoughts. Thoughts. Um, brains. All right, our our thoughts. Uh, so things going around. I I have some. I have different topics that I want to talk about for the back. Back, you know, twenty minutes of this podcast. Um, the first one was Ish Wainwright. So obviously, this was his last game on his two-way contract. I'm pretty sure that that's correct. So, do you think that the Suns keep him and fill their final uh, roster spot, or do they part ways and fill the spot with another buyout guy? I think it's going to be another buyout. Um, as long as I don't know, man. See, the thing is, like Flex used to say, like you know, they're really high on Ish, and Ish has had had some really good games for the Suns. He has. He's come in and hit the big threes, made some big boards, like grabbed those big boards um, when we needed them. But the thing is, I don't know. It's just weird for body language sake. It just seems like he's like, all right, this is my last game. What am I supposed to do? You know, he didn't really prove much. And I don't want to buy too much into just one game because he's given us a lot. I feel like this whole year, um, it'd be nice to have him. But the way things are going, man, I mean, I just feel like buyouts the thing right now. I think the Suns are trying to pack it jam full with all these names, these guys that have been in certain situations, just champions like, um, just guys that are out there that know how to win. Um, ish, I don't know. Dude. It's going to suck, but I think that it's going to be a buyout. We're at an interesting crossroads. That's what's happening right now is fun and exciting. And in about three weeks, it'll be annoying and we'll be scared. And that's all these new names. And we've talked about it multiple yes. times, right? You, for, for the entire front end of the season, what's James Jones going to do? What James Jones going to do? What's James Jones going to do? We need to shake something up. This team isn't a championship roster. And what they're trying to do right now is put together a championship roster. If that's the case, then Ish Wainwright's gone. There's no way that they're going to... The only way that Ish Wainwright stays on this team is much akin to what they did last season is they sign him to a deal for the end of the season. And that happened in last season. It was fantastic. We we're all like, Oh sweet. You know, and we knew when the playoffs come, we wouldn't see much ish. And then we saw ish probably more than we wanted to in the playoffs, uh, due to his size and his physicality. And the fact that we played the new Orleans Pelicans in the first round and, uh, that Dallas series was just whatever the fuck that was. So I think that you're correct in saying that he's gone. And you take a look at ish Wainwright in his career with the Phoenix suns. He's played in 86 games. He started one, not including the playoffs. In the playoffs, he's played. he played in seven games last season. Uh, but 86 games, he's averaged 11.7 minutes per game and 3.3 points per game. He's a 33% three-point shooter. Uh, in those 11.7 minutes, he's averaged 1.7 rebounds and 0.7 assists. So it's not like you're losing a lot, right? Again, this is where we're we're attached to the the, the thought of this player versus the reality of what this player is as a productive member of a roster. And Dave King wrote a great piece on bright side of the sun that talks about the, it just resets the roster where we are relative to contracts uh, and does a good job explaining kind of the playoff minutes and how like Ish Wainwright in theory is not going to get any minutes. You're, you're going to run like an eight-and-a-half-man rotation, which we've talked about on the pod, an eight-and-a-half-man rotation, which means that you have like five-and-a-half guys who aren't playing, six-and-a-half guys, I think, nine, yeah, So because you have 15 roster spots because Saban Lee will be gone because uh, a two-way contract can't join the team. So the question becomes, if you're not going to keep Ish Wainwright, who do you get, and is the person that you get somebody who – is actually going to provide assistance in the playoffs. Probably not, but 
because the other side of this, the, the, the other thing that's been sacrificed for the Suns is that organic chemistry. Because like, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. What's James Jones going to do? What's James Jones going to do? And then he just obliterates our organic chemistry because Matt Ishbia is like, I know that name. I know that name. I want that. It, it, Matt Ishbia is like a guy walking down uh, an aisle at Fry's. And every box that he sees, he's buying. He doesn't care how much it is right now because he's the new owner. That's what new owners do. I want some Kevin Durant. Give me some Terrence Ross. And we love it. But the one thing that is sacrificed when you do this is organic chemistry, right? Yeah, I'm, I kind of agree with you. The only thing is, I don't know about the chemistry part just this year, just because, I mean, it's been such a weird year That's where true. coming off of last year, it was such a bad ending. All right. I, obviously. I mean, I always, how many times I, I feel like I need to get like fucking smacked on the butt every time I say that shit. Like no one wants to be reminded again, dude. Um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> where was I going? Oh yeah. So but, the, chem- yeah. the chemistry part. Okay. The Mikhail thing hurt and Cameron Johnson did a lot just because those guys were drafted here. We grew with them basically. And uh, we, we love them for who they are personality wise, right? They're always the funniest guys on the court. Uh, I mean, off the court, they're always doing silly things on the bench. That part sucked. All right. But the chemistry in the floor, it was just ruined. Um, I think that the way we we figured out that Chris Paul didn't have him in, in, anymore, that threw everything off. Where mm-hmm. Chris Paul looked like a sack of potatoes sometimes out there. It was t- it was hard to watch. Then you had DeAndre Ayton, who this year again before the trade deadline is a guy that we're throwing out there like might be traded because he played like shit for more than half of the year before this before the trade deadline. Then he started playing better as soon as Matt Ishbia started you know took control of the team, but he was by himself without Booker. Then Booker's hurt. So I think it was just a big mess. And I think what had to happen is if you, if you don't get KD, you just know that the Suns are not going to have a chance to win anything. And I think that's what the Suns fans just want is a championship. Amen. It sucks, to, it sucks to lose those guys, but the thing is like the chemistry just it, – it falls apart if you're not winning. So if you're winning, it's going to look good. I think if you get someone like Kevin Love or someone else in here, it'll take some time for the team to mesh well. But I'm willing to risk that to have a championship contender going into the playoffs than what we had before, because I really do think the chemistry was just kind of weird this year, man. All well, you're right. Just gone. I, I think that's a good point. The, the chemistry didn't exist because the injuries did. And with that lack of playing time, it just and to your point, Chris Paul, we came into the season and that was the, the running narrative. Well, Chris Paul's cooked. Chris Paul's washed. Yeah. So if that's the case, then you need something else. And one thing that we have to think about is not only does Kevin Durant's arrival put us as a championship contender, but it puts us in and it, it expanded our championship window, if you will, past this year. Because past this year, we didn't know what we had because Chris Paul's done after this year. Like either he's playing or he's not playing well and he's not going to be a contributor. So you need somebody could just could do all those different things that he does. Right. So. Yeah. So again, it, it we're at this weird little crossroads, in my opinion. We're at this weird little crossroads where we're used to having the chemistry. We don't we didn't really have it this year, which you're right. And now we just have a bunch of different names. So that being said, uh Brian Windhorst was talking about a guy who is uh potentially gonna be available in the buyout market. I want to get your thoughts on him. In the Western Conference, though, that I'd keep an eye out for, the Phoenix Suns. Mm. The Suns have been doing some background research into Kevin over the last 24 hours. And don't forget, James Jones, the team president, was teammates with Kevin Love when they won the championship in 2016 with the Cavs. The New Look Suns have a roster spot, have a bunch of money they can still pay to free agents. So keep an eye on the Suns as a contender for Kevin Love. So your thoughts on Kevin Love potentially being... You know, Ish Wainwright, two-way contract. He's done in theory. You have that that roster spot open. Kevin Love definitely has a tie to James Jones. Do you think that the Phoenix Suns truly pursue him? And do you think that that's the right move? Yeah, I forget who it was on Twitter. My bad. But Suns did lose connectors in uh, Sarich. And, uh, you know, since he's gone now, I mean, Monty loved him. But you can see Kevin Love being that guy as kind of a connector with the second unit. Not saying he's going to get a lot of minutes, but he's a guy that definitely get bored still. He is older. He can still shoot. I think he's lower 30% right now from three. But it's just, I think it's about just having guys on there, like I said earlier, about just knowing how to win. 
and he'd be more of a mentor than anything. He's, he's very unselfish. He's a guy that's not going to come in here like a Russell Westbrook that I was wanting and mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'm hot shit still. I need the ball. I need to do this, this, and this. I think Kevin Love would be accepting of any kind of role he has on the team. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a better spot for him to be on the team. I mean, it's better for him to take Ish's spot just because I feel like it would provide more for this team. I know we like Ish, but there's just certain things that Love can provide for this team that he knows instantly. Like they talked about Kevin Love or Kevin Durant coming here and how long it's going to take him to really adjust to things. I don't think it's going to take very long. I think it'd be longer for the bench to get s- stuff situated, like rather than the actual first unit with Kevin Durant. I think they would actually gel quicker. And I think that would be something that Kevin Love can do too. come in here and just kind of know what to do and just kind of be that guy to help do whatever is needed. So, I mean, what do you think? I mean, so my thing, you know, one like ish being gone doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I've never been a huge ish Wainwright fan. I like the guy. Uh, but again, like I didn't create a drop for him until like last week. You know, he's been on the team for two years. So I mean, just goes <laughs> yeah, to show you. I, know, I just I, I don't have an affinity for ish Wainwright. So I definitely think that losing ish is the right move. And, and how you fill that spot. I was thinking about it tonight. You know, you're right. Kevin Love is a connector on offense. He's an experienced player. He's somebody who in his last two seasons with the Cleveland Cavaliers has grown and accepted a bench role. And he is a veteran player who, as the rock would say, knows your, know your role jabroni. (laughs) And I think that's, and that's what they're looking for right now is high players who with, with veteran experience who will buy into what Monty Williams says and have the willing to do so. Terrence Ross might be a challenge there. Cause again, the guy just likes to shoot too much, but I think that having Kevin love and he also, he still rebounds the ball. He's averaging how many minutes this year He's averaging 20 minutes and he's averaging 6.8 rebounds a game, right? Like last year he averaged 22 minutes coming off the bench for the Cavaliers and he averaged 7.2 rebounds a game. So like he is somebody who can still go grab rebounds. And I think that's, as we mentioned tonight, that's vital. That's something that we're kind of missing. We're missing that 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 tweener, right? That guy who's in between Jock and in between Bismack. And Kevin Love could potentially be that, right? I was, I was, yeah. I thought I was looking at Kevin Love's stats, but it was Kevin Durant. So I'm like, wait, he averaged seven point <laughs> three free throw attempts per game. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. This guy's still rocking. Let's go. Nah, he'd so, be a good pickup. The the only other guy I can think of that I want the Suns to pick up is the Spurs released Stanley Johnson. He's a point yeah, keep- guard. So again, I just I think that point guard need until campaign's back and healthy. We got 22 games left. Like campaign, no one knows what the fuck happened to campaign. He might it's not like, I, come back this his, year, right? He, he, I don't know. But like his heel hurt around Christmas time, and we just like never saw him again. And we need that. We need that. We, we need do. a point guard coming off the bench. If we fucking bring back Alfred Payton, I swear to God. <laughs> we need somebody. And Saban Lee can be signed through the rest of the year, right? Because He can be. He, but he would fill that, 14, that 15th spot. He's not great. But I'm telling you, like, every time I watch him, man, I mean, towards the end of the third quarter, he made a bad mistake to end the third quarter. But he he always seems to make the right plays. He takes his time. Um, he doesn't make s- selfish, foolish moves out there like a lot of backup point guards might make. Yeah, he knows what to do. So I don't know. It's gonna be weird with that position. But that's that's the challenge. Like I just we don't have somebody to truly facilitate that that second offense. And I see everyone no. in the chat. They're saying they're they're saying he's a uh, Stanley Johnson's a power forward. I must be thinking of somebody different um, who got released. Who's a who's a point guard? I just we need a point guard. That's my point guard oh (laughs) who watches the spurs right yeah i don't know i thought they i thought they released keldon johnson at first i'm like hold on what i was like holy Mm. shit um what do you think about mikhail bridges scoring 45 last night man oh so i did text you and i did say um so i'm very happy for him i am but the thing is as a suns fan when this thing happens where you get kevin durant you trade a guy that within a month before the before the trade deadline looked fucking good. And yes. I mentioned on the podcast where he looks Kawhi-esque out there with the ball. Um, someone said Middleton, I think, on No, no Dunks Today, where he looks like uh, Middleton. It's hard to watch that and think, like, you know what? If the Suns don't win a championship this year or next year, and it kind of falls apart, and then, of course, being in the East, Mikhail will be an all-star. Like, there's always that thing. Will he be? Yes, he will. He's <laughs> going to be that guy for that Brooklyn team. He's fucking awesome. He's going to be amazing next year and it's hard to watch for me dude i do i i'm very glad he's doing good but things like that like i text you it's like it's kind of like you know like 
when Luca was drafted for an eight and you kind of watch the box scores of like Luca, like, oh, it's not going to keep up. We made the right choice, right? This is like the same thing to me. And I think that's very selfish of me to say. And I'm not saying I hope he has a bad career. I'm just saying this is a guy that we drafted that could be an all-star and is. And we're, you know, we're stuck with what we have now. We we made the right choice. But if it doesn't pay off, dude, there's going to be hell to pay, dude. I'm just yeah. saying. It's just, it's, it's when weird. I, when, when I saw it, of course, like I'm, I'm loving watching the Nets right now. Like I generally, when I go on to YouTube is I'll take a look at other games here and there. And they have those like 11 minute recaps, right? Yeah. Those are awesome. Like I'm, like I'm watching those for the Nets all the time now because I'm not, I don't have the yes network, but I'm watching them to see how the twins are doing. Cause I, I, you know, like every other Suns fan, man, like those are my guys. I love those guys. Like the Nets are my second team in the NBA without a doubt now. And, but when you see Mikhail go for 45, you're so happy for him. But at the same time, you're like, shit, not yet, man. Like, I want you to be good, <laughs> yeah, but not great. Like, fucking 45, dude. Like, like, shit, let KD get on the court, you know? Like, we got, we got. That's the thing is, we're waiting for KD and we have yeah. to watch Mikhail just go off. I know he had, it was a 23 point game, then like a seven point game or something. And then he only, and then he had the 45. But it's like, everyone's like, well, he's kind of inconsistent. It's like, no, he's, he knows what to do now. He's confident. And that's what's so scary is because he looks so good when he left. And now he just looks the same. Um, great. It's it's hard. Of course, we like him. We're happy for him. But it's just hard it's like, because... It's like you said, if we don't win a championship out of this transaction, we're going to hate ourselves for the next decade. Oh, yeah, because he's going to be good. <laughs> he's going to be good. The thing is, is like winning a championship with our roster beforehand... Like I said before, it would have felt way. I mean, winning a championship is winning a championship, but to to fight through these teams and actually come out on the other side, thinking like, "Oh, we don't have a chance," but then they just step up in the playoffs and just destroy people. Yeah. That would have been awesome, but it was something that we didn't think was going to happen. So that's why the trade happened. So good for Mikhail. Whatever. Well, Happy I mean, when, when that happens, you think, you know what? We got KD, yes. and. Uh, I was at the press conference today, so we can talk about that a little cool. bit. Kevin Durant! Kevin Durant was introduced in a, in a press conference today that's unlike any press conference I've ever been to before. The, the fans were there. I mean, there was 3,000 people there. We had half the lower bowl filled. Uh, this fun little shirt. Welcome to the D35 Earth. Uh, desert. <laughs> Welcome to the dessert. With, with, with I would little, have spelt it wrong and put like dessert. <laughs> you know, but it was it was you know it was really cool to go there. Shout out to so says Jay Justin and his buddy and his uh, colleague Phil. They had an extra ticket. They hit me up like, do you want to go? I'm like, absolutely. Like this is Kevin fucking Durant, and it was just it was wild. It was wild to 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 feel that because it's it it feels like you're getting like Michael Jordan on your team, right? Like yeah, this is Kevin fucking Durant, and. You know, the, the cheerleaders came out there and they're throwing shirts and they're trying to get everybody involved and hyped. And we're all just sitting there just waiting. And then Kevin Durant comes walking out. The audio in there sucked initially. And if you listen to the press conference. I want to ask you about that when you're done. Yeah. So well, what questions do you have? So, okay. Whenever watching the games and it's so fucking loud in the crowd, right? With the defense, it kind of funnels out from the court, right? The court, you can hear the fans, obviously, but. I don't feel like the 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 players they can't hear the music and everything as much, right? It's yeah. kind of like just distorted outwards. Is that what happens? Is that what was happening today with the press conference? What it was is that I felt like they didn't do a mic check because, like, oh, where, okay. where we were sitting, everything was kind of echoing throughout the whole arena. And about midway through the the press conference, all of a sudden, every, like Kellen Olson's asking a question, and then you could hear people saying, "Like, we can't hear you." Yeah. And all of a sudden, the, all of a sudden, it worked, and everyone starts just cheering. And Katie, that's laughing. what happened. Oh, that's okay. what happened. Yeah. Is okay. All of a sudden, we could hear him, and we could hear the questions. We couldn't hear the questions when when Matt Ishbia was first talking, when Kevin Durant and James Jones were talking for the first couple of questions. We couldn't hear anything. So finally, we could start to hear it because it's not echoing all over the weird parts of the arena. Yeah. And it all of a sudden it became a, a fun press conference. Now, the fun thing about it, and I was talking actually to John Bloom afterwards because he came over to said hi to us. And he's like, this is why they never do have fans at press conferences because you had uh, one member of ESPN, uh, Nick Friedel was there, and he's the one who asked the Brooklyn question. He's asking like, hey, you know, Brooklyn, and yeah. the whole, all the fans just started booing him, 
because we're like, we don't want to hear about Brooklyn, man. This is like, welcome to Kate. Welcome to, to Phoenix. This is your moment. Welcome to the Valley of the Sun. And you're asking about like the old girlfriend, right? So everyone's just like, boo. And it was great. It was just, it, it was, it, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting with the fans. Um, I was kind of worried it was going to get a little too rowdy where you wouldn't be able to hear an answer. And they'd be like, all right, guys, calm down. Like, But yeah. it wasn't as bad as I thought. It went actually smoother than I thought yeah. when I heard that the fans were going to be there. So um, I, I think it's fun to have it with the fans because we're just so close to these players, right? Mm-hmm. We just the support that Brooklyn's nice there, but their fans are nothing like ours at all. No, we're, we're a rabid fan close. base. And, and it just goes to show you how dedicated this fan base is to this team that this thing was sold mm-hmm. out. And this is a what Thursday afternoon, Thursday. yes, at two o'clock. And this, this thing's sold out because this fan, this city is a basketball city. It is basketball first. You could say the Cardinals, it ain't the Cardinals. The Cardinals suck. They've sucked no. for years. Fuck the Cardinals. You know, the, 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 the Suns have always perennially been a good team and have generations of, of fans who know good basketball and have experienced moments not like this but something close did you hear dave king ask a question yeah did you hear the cheering mm-hmm, i heard you you heard me <laughs> i heard you i heard you say yeah. yeah dave or whatever i knew that was you though <laughs> yeah I'm like, dave, I'm like dave king is my son's dad he, he got like he got all the cheers <laughs> he did and it's funny he yeah. was texting me after the game he's like He's like, did you get a bunch of people to cheer? I'm like, oh, you know I did. He's like, dude, it's all the media yeah. people were talking about the game tonight. That's how Dave King got like a massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. He got as much as KD. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, over it was fantastic. We, I, we, Justin and I were just waiting. Right, mm-hmm. come on, dude, come on. Because it was like me, Justin, Dan Duarte, and then uh, Justin's buddy Phil. And we're just like, let's go. <laughs> and then last but not least, before I get out of here. So, we, you know, we ha- they had this Welcome to the Desert shirt, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a fun story. So. You know, we get there and they're on they're on the back of every seat. And I was like, I was walking down and I sat down. I was like, fuck, I should just grab one off a seat uh, to get to you. Yeah. And yeah. after everything was done and everyone's starting to leave, there's like four. We were like four or five rows from the court. And there was like four chairs that just had had uh, shirts on them. And Justin was starting to walk down because John Bloom was coming up to walk to us. I was like, hey, Justin, grab one of those. And as he's grabbing it, like this Karen security guards like. You have a shirt. He's like, yeah, no, I'm grabbing it for my buddy. He's like, no, no, you have a shirt. And she took his, he, t- she took the shirt, and she took the other three shirts, and she went, she like put them down like away from us, so we couldn't have them after everyone's gone. Damn, dude. Yeah, we're just, I'm like, oh man. You know what? They are really weird with their shirts because when I went to the playoff game uh, two years ago when LeBron we played the Lakers, yes, we went to our suite where we were at, and I went to go grab one of the shirts to go change. One of the bartenders was like, hey. What are you I doing? That. I was like, what? He's like, that, why are you taking the shirt? I'm like, because I sit there. He's like, oh, okay. But it was so loud. It was like, yeah. it was, it was like I was stealing someone's baby. That was how loud he was yelling at oh, me. Oh, I remember you came back and you're like, dude, yeah. just read me He's out like, oh, because I'm I was sorry. like gonna go change into the yeah, shirt. Yeah, and I just gave him the hand, dude. I'm like, dude, don't like that was fucking weird. Like, well, and like, me... and like after Justin gets yelled at, he turns to me. He's like, hey man, I tried. I'm like, hey, I'll tell Lissy that you tried. And then after we continued to talk, I noticed there was like a couple other shirts that nobody had taken and the Karen lady had walked away. I'm like, Justin, grab that one. So he grabbed it. He, he threw it up to me awesome. real quick. I, or he threw it up to Dan real quick. Dan put it down. And like, it was, so it was like, we like smuggled the shirt out and you know, it's like, it's like maybe Matt Ishbia has spent so much money trying to make this team what it is. He's like, listen guys, no one gets a fucking, no one gets fucking two shirts. <laughs> he looked like we got to save. There. We got to save wherever we can. You can yeah. see when he was on the press conference, he's like scanning the crowd. Yeah. He didn't seem like there. he wanted make to be sure there too those. much today. Well, did you get that vibe? Like he was kind of like, all right, I got a lot of shit to do. Like this is taking too long. Like he just kind of seemed like that. Well, I have a story about that, but I'll tell you that offline because I think okay. I know. I think I know what happened with okay. some media relations kind of stuff. So, uh, but it was interesting. So you do have a welcome to the nice. desert Woo! shirt. I'm so you know? excited. Thank it's, you. It's, it's Kevin, you. Kevin Durant. So we thanks we went, everybody. It, took, it was a group effort. It really Thank was. It really was. And John Bloom was just laughing the whole time. <laughs> he's like, you guys, That's cool. you fucking guys. So, uh, but again, it was really cool to be there to see Kevin Durant. You know, the, the one thing I was thinking when he was walking in, do you know what I was thinking? Kevin Durant's probably going, fuck these blog boys. <laughs> so oh, yeah. All these people, you know, Kevin Durant doesn't you know, like this kind of shit. Yeah, but he, he was emotional, dude. He almost started crying. Like, he he's very emotional. He's very sensitive, right? He is. Guy. He, he, is. he loves this game. Is he a Capricorn? 
he was no actually i think he's a sagitt not a sagittarius he's um born in september uh same as uh, tj warren whatever that is so let's, let's uh, see it's um uh scorpio i think he's a scorpio uh, scorpio oh he's a libra he's like me oh is he a libra okay yeah he's Very back cool. end of september that's that's me yeah I, th- I i usually buy into the month thing i don't go like per the whole ver like if it, yeah, it is Scor- scorpios libra. are november they're after oh is it okay okay yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he's emotional. He's emotional. He but is. he got. I think he, he was excited to be here. I think so too. And I think he, he. I think he felt it. And again, now it's it, it's just we got to get him on the court and just see what this looks like for the next twenty two games, and really figure out those those rotations. Yeah. And figure out yeah. define some roles in there, because that's the one thing that's missing from this team. So uh, again, it was it was a fun day. Really would have been nice to cap it off with a victory and move that much closer to third place in the Western Conference. But you know what? That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> Suns don't play again until next Friday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. That game's actually been moved to 8 p.m. and it will be on ESPN, potentially being Kevin Durant's Ooh. debut. So we will be coming to you live then. I don't know if we're going to do anything until then. Are we doing like a mid-season jammies? Or... I know. We'll, we'll say it. We'll see. But then we'll text. Be like, hey, you want to do? Yeah, okay. So yeah. we'll surprise you guys. huh? Yeah. Just, just, we'll surprise you guys. But we appreciate everyone who's hanging out with us. Uh, if you're watching along live or watching this later, listening at any point, thanks for supporting the Suns Jam Session podcast. We really appreciate it. It allows us just a, a voice to kind of talk some shit and get some stuff off our chest. And you guys just happen to Matthew and I've been having these conversations for literally years, but now we just do it with a a ring light on or some shit. So again, subscribe (laughs) rate review. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew and you can follow the show at sun's jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We'll see you in a week, a week. We're going, what are you doing over the all-star break? Matthew going to like the Bahamas or anything? (sighs) Three day weekend. I don't know. Oh, Nothing. You lucky bastard. You do have a three day weekend, don't I you? I do. Presidents Day. Mm-hmm. Are you going to watch the All Star game? I am. I'm not watching All Star Saturday night. I'll tell you that. There's not one thing that interests me. I never do. I usually yeah. just watch the highlights. Yeah, I'll watch them on Twitter. You get like the the Kevin Martin one good dunk after his 13th attempt. <laughs> yeah, we'll watch the final dunks, and we'll just yeah. hear everyone talk shit about it. It's always a thing every year. It's not going to be any good. So we'll see you on the other side of the all-star break, Jamsters. Uh, Katie? Go home and love your Karens. Karens? Fuck that bitch. <laughs>